The holiday season from Thanksgiving until New Year's is usually a, a mixed bag, but it's one, uh, usually a season of, of joy, of hope, of anticipation. Right? We gather often, usually, as friends and family. We have parties. We celebrate. The kids anxiously await the coming of Santa Claus at Christmas. And although we all know that the end of the year has its stresses and challenges in normal years, we are always hopeful and excited, seemingly. I'm always hopeful and excited when we come to the season of Advent. And yet this year, as we all know, it is quite different. It is quite a different experience this year. Just the last few days, many of us, perhaps most or almost all of us, have celebrated Thanksgiving in a way that we never thought would be possible, perhaps even alone or isolated or apart from family. I know that even though we're grateful to have the Dominican friars here, just for the four of us to gather at dinner without any sort of outside guest was was quite unusual and and even weird. And I know going forward it's going to be like that. In addition to that, just that isolation and difficulty, just the challenges and the, uh, the difficulties in our world in general outside of the pandemic. It seems now, especially this year, perhaps more than ever, more challenging to stand at this juncture waiting with hopeful anticipation for the coming of Christ at Christmas. The words of Isaiah the prophet strike us in a profound and deep way as we are trying to process all of the craziness that is going on in our own hearts, in our own lives, and in our world. Behold, you are angry and we are sinful. All of us have become like unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves. And our guilt carries us away like the wind. I don't know about you, but in hearing those words and reflecting upon them, it strikes to the very core of my year this far, right? It's been a challenge, and I'm kind of feeling worn out in crisis management mode. I've never managed anything in my life, and my entire management has been one of crisis. Sometimes when I wake up and and go and pray before the Blessed Sacrament, I ask God, facetiously of course, couldn't you have called me to be a Benedictine? Something other than this, Lord? But I rejoice in one way also, because I know that God loves me. And I know that God would never, as St. Paul tells us later in the first letter to the Corinthians, will never test you or me beyond the grace that he is going to give. But I also recognize that as frustrating, as difficult, as, as tense as it feels at times, when I pray, I often never pray for myself because I know of people in this parish who have died alone without friends or family by their side, and those families who have had to mourn, those friends who have had to mourn without the benefit of funerals or gathering. I know and I deal with our college students who are feeling isolated and alone, and I've dealt with people who have fallen back into sin and addiction in ways that they had thought that they had overcome years ago. I also know of people who have lost their jobs, others who have lost their businesses and their livelihood without any clear indication of when it will relent or when they can start to recover. It is incredibly painful and difficult. And to do all of this alone, isolated, apart from others. 
It can make us wonder where God is, just like the prophet Isaiah. It can make us ask ourselves, how can we possibly stand here and wait in the midst of this struggle, in the midst of this storm? How can we anticipate joyfully and with hope in our hearts in the midst of all of this? But brothers and sisters, it is precisely into this reality that God was made incarnate. God did not become a human being because we are great, because we are just needing a nicer person to show us how to be nice to other people. God came into this world to redeem it and to save us. So that no matter the challenge, the cross, the difficulty before us, we have hope. We have life. We have joy. St. Paul writes in the very beginning of the first letter of the Corinthians today to a community of seeming saints and wonder workers. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to God, to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus, that in him you were enriched in every way with discourse and all knowledge, as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. It would seem from this introduction, the very first verses of his letter, that the community at Corinth is flourishing, and in many ways it was. But if we read on in the letter, we find a community that is torn asunder by division. And not only that, there is unspeakable immorality, wickedness, and sin going on in that community. And yet, St. Paul recognizes the one thing that redeems each and every one of them and redeems that community as a whole. The grace of Jesus Christ. It is precisely for a community and people in need that Jesus comes into the world. It is precisely into this time, on this altar, that God will be made flesh and come among us so that we can go forth and renew and restore and rebuild the world through His grace and for His glory. Ultimately, that is the only thing that matters. And so we rejoice that the Lord has given us this grace. As St. Paul says, He, Jesus, will keep you firm to the end, irreproachable on the, on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. And by Him you were called to fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So as we wait for the coming of Jesus, unstable, uncomfortable, uncertain as these times are, we know that the one thing that stands firm, the one thing that will lift us up, is the one who comes in the silence and quiet of the manger of Bethlehem, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And He is coming amongst us now, each and every one of us, through the graces imparted on us in baptism, is another Christ. We are called right here and right now to renew our lives in Christ, to renew the world, to renew and restore all things in Christ. And God is giving us the gifts to do that. It may seem impossible. It may seem unreachable. 
for each and every one of us. And in a sense, it's true. Only Jesus saves the world. But right now, his hands, his feet, his mouth, his eyes, his heart is you. You, through the grace of Jesus Christ, are the answer. You, coming back to the graces and glory of God through the sacrament of confession, receiving Jesus in the Eucharist and going forth and sharing that with the world are the answer. You, in finding ways to serve the poor and to advocate for justice in our world, are the answer. You who are lonely, who are frustrated, who are hurting, putting that into what you do and finding the people in your life who are in the same position and calling them and reaching out to them and Zooming and FaceTiming and all of those things, you, through the grace of God, are the answer. We wait, yes, in difficult times, yes, with pain and suffering and frustration, but we wait in the certainty of God's coming because He has come he is coming, and He will come. We are called, however, to put that into practice, to take it to Jesus and to go forward trusting that God will remain faithful. We stand here in this liturgical new year. We stand here at the beginning of Advent, turning our minds and our hearts to Christ. Now is the time to be bold, to be courageous, and to trust that the one who came into the world in silence and in obscurity is coming into our hearts in silence so that we with him and through him and in him can restore and renew the world and rebuild and make a world that shines forth, that is better, so that when we await with expectation the vaccine, the world on the other side is not the world that was before, but a new and a better world in faith through Christ Jesus.